30 seconds of silence. Did it feel longer than 30 seconds for me on the stage, standing up here in front of everyone, everyone staring at me? It felt longer than 30 seconds. But during that amount of silence, what emotions were drawn out of you? Uh, Were you feeling a little confused? Maybe you were feeling some discomfort, maybe even uh, some forms of fear. It's strange how, how silence can make us feel sometimes, especially when we are expecting something different. You were expecting a voice, maybe even a, hey, some form of communication. Instead, you were met with silence and then the waiting began. Oh, what exactly is happening? Did Jake get stage fright? Is something else supposed to be going on? What kind of church have my friends invited me to? Imagine what the people who are watching or listening online were thinking. Is there something wrong with the audio? Silence can sometimes be very loud, causing us to think that there must be something wrong. A resounding silence filling us with discomfort and fear. A seemingly long, drawn-out silence causing so many questions to fill our minds as we wait and we wait and we wait. Have you ever felt that long, drawn-out silence from God? We have moments in life, moments where we pray for God to show up, moments where we know that God is the only one capable of of fixing it, moments where where a loved one is sick, or, or moments when we are sick, moments of broken relationships, moments of financial hardship, moments of infertility, moments of unemployment. So we cry out to God, we pray for God to help, and then we wait, and we wait, and we wait. We wait in the silence, longing to hear his voice, longing to feel his touch, longing to experience his presence. And sometimes the silence, it becomes loud and it becomes uncomfortable. We begin to feel confused. Maybe we even start to feel afraid. Though we are longing for God, overwhelmed by the silence, overwhelmed by having to wait on God, we begin to reach for something else. The past few weeks, we've been talking about idols, things in our lives that we elevate higher than our relationship and trust in God. It's sometimes very tempting to cling to idols in the midst of the silence. Instead of trusting God and clinging to him while we wait, we cling to something superficial, something that we feel like we can control, something that gives us the sense of escape, something to escape the silence, to make us feel better about the situation we're in. We keep reaching, but nothing satisfies. We keep reaching, but nothing eases the discomfort? Uh, What can aid us in those moments of silence? Uh, What can keep us from seeking escape as we wait and instead put our full trust into God? Even in the midst of the silence, what can usher out the confusion that we feel? What can ease the discomfort as we long for God? What can we reach for that will sustain us in waiting for him? Silence filled a very small house. A husband and wife, they sat together next to a bed where their 12-year-old daughter lied. Their daughter, she had fallen ill, a sickness. It was ravaging her body. The doctors, they tried everything they could, but nothing worked. 
she continued to get worse and worse. The husband and wife were, were told that there was no hope, that their precious little girl, she would not get better. Uh, soon she would, she would pass away. The husband and wife, they sit by the bedside, struggling to comprehend what was happening. Their little girl, she had been so full of life, so vibrant. Now she lies there so still and so quiet. They sat next to the little girl, confused and conflicted. And then they wondered, how, how could this be happening? The silence was overwhelming as they sat waiting, demanding all of their attention, filling them with discomfort and fear. As they sit in the silence, they begin to hear a mess of commotion going outside of their home. And at first, they just try to block it out. They ignore it and, and they focus on their daughter. Uh, eventually, though, it keeps happening. So the, the father, he gets up, he goes to the door to see what's going on outside. He, he opens the door and he just sees a crowd of people all moving in the same direction. So he calls out to someone. He says, hey, what's going on? And someone calls back and says, He's here. He's back. He's on the shore. He just got off of a boat. He's coming into the city. We are all going to see him. The husband, he stood in the doorway, lost in thought for a moment. And then he turns and he sees his wife staring at him. She's sitting in the darkness next to their little girl. So he can barely make out the outline of her face but he can clearly see the whites of her eyes as her eyes shift to their daughter laying in the bed and then shift back to him. And he can clearly hear her voice as she whispers, Jairus, go. Jairus, he does not hesitate. He closes the door behind him and he goes out and he begins to follow the crowd. He's moving fast. He, he's working his way through the crowd, through all of the people. As they all head in the same direction, he is looking all around him, searching the crowds, feeling incredibly desperate, uh, doing his best to try and keep his composure. But eventually he just begins to run. He starts weaving in and out of the people, scanning the crowd as he does. He is looking for a very specific man. There was so many people, though everyone was pressing up against one another, all heading the same direction, all looking for the very same man. Eventually Jairus, though, he, he sees them in the, in the sea of people. He sees him, the one he was looking for. And so his breathing, it intensifies now and he starts getting closer and closer, working his way through the crowd, making his way to this man. And eventually once he reaches the man, he throws himself at the man's feet. And there on the ground with his head bowed low, Jairus, he says to the man, Jesus, can you please help my little girl? Here's what the Bible says. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee in a boat and landed at the other side. There was a large crowd gathered around him. Then a man named Jairus came. He was a synagogue ruler, leader. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He begged Jesus, please come, my, my little daughter is dying. Place your hands on her to heal her, then she will live. Uh, the synagogue leader, Jairus, he, he was a, a well-known person in the community. In his moment of desperation, in his moment of silence, he found his way into the presence of Jesus, begging and, ble and pleading with Jesus to help. 
calling out to Jesus to step into this moment of need, to step into this moment of silence that he and his wife had been experiencing, proclaiming that Jesus, you can help. If you are willing, please come to my home and heal my daughter. Please keep her from dying. The Bible says that Jesus, he immediately goes with Jairus. They start to walk together. Can you imagine the hope in Jairus beginning to rise up? He's walking with Jesus, taking Jesus to his home, taking him to to help his little girl to step into this moment. And then all of a sudden, Jesus, he stops right in the middle of the crowd. He, He just stops walking. Jairus, you can imagine, he probably keeps walking for a little bit, turns and sees Jesus is no longer next to him. He turns back and he sees Jesus stopped in the middle of the crowd. And now Jesus, he's talking to the crowd. He's addressing the crowd. Jairus is probably thinking, no, 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 no. We don't have time for this, Jesus. It is not time for a speech. It is not time to teach my little girl. She needs you. My little girl, she is dying. We have to go. But there is no rushing Jesus. He does all things when the time is exactly right. You see, as they made their way through the crowd, as Jesus followed Jairus, a woman who had been experiencing her own time of silence, a sickness that had been a burden to her for 12 long years. This woman, she believed that Jesus could heal her. She had believed that all she would have to do is just touch the edge of Jesus's cloak and then she would be healed. So in the middle of the crowd, this woman, she sneaks up behind Jesus. And as she gets closer, she reaches out for Jesus. And then she touches just the edge of of his cloak. And then in an instant, she is healed. In an instant, her 12 long years of suffering that ends, her silence is finally filled with the power of God. Jesus, he realizes what happens though, and he stops. He stops right in the middle of the crowd and he says, who touched me? Now the disciples, they say to Jesus, Jesus, there's people all around us. People are pressing up against us. Everyone's touching us. What do you mean? Who touched you? But Jesus, he refuses to move and continues to ask who touched me. It's what it says in the Bible. The woman realized that people would notice her shaking with fear. She came and fell at his feet. In front of everyone, she told Jesus why she had touched him. She also told how she had been healed in an instant. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. An absolutely beautiful moment. One of my favorite moments in the entire Bible. But while all of this is happening, can you imagine what Jairus is thinking? Who knows how exactly long this moment took, but I am sure to Jairus that it felt like it was taking a very long time. In his own moment of silence, I'm I'm probably sure that Jairus was thinking, can we speed up this process? And think about this. Jesus, he takes the time to address the crowd. He takes the time to care for and affirm this woman that had just been healed by the power of God again An absolutely beautiful moment, no doubt about it. But Jairus is probably thinking, now this is all great. I'm so happy, but what about me? I'm happy this woman was healed, but but what about me? What about all the things that I'm going through? What about my little girl? What about me? What about my moment of silence? Have you been there? 
in your own moment of silence, struggling with doubt, struggling with desperation. You're waiting for things to get better, yearning to see God work. And it seems like God is working for everyone else but you. You hear stories from people about how God showed up for them. God showed up right on time in their moment. Or maybe you scroll through social media and it seems like everyone else's lives, they are just perfect. And here you are stuck in the silence, stuck in the doubt, in the desperation. And you think, oh, that's great. Good for you. But what about me? Maybe that's what Jairus was thinking. And as he's thinking those things, as he's hoping that Jesus would just hurry up, his silence is about to get even louder. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus. Jairus was the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, the messenger said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. I'm sure those words filled the silence. I'm sure those words echoed throughout Jairus's brain. I'm sure Jairus began to dismay at the very thought of what his life would be like without his little girl. And in that moment of silence with those four words, your daughter is dead. It probably seemed like to Jairus, it is all over. It is all done. But in that moment, Jairus hears a voice. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. As, as those words enter, enter into Jairus' moment of silence, now he is left with a choice. As his situation, now it seems impossible, right? Does he continue to walk with Jesus or does he choose a method of escape instead? In September of, of 2021, my, my wife gave birth to our second son, Jonathan James Clark Rivera. Um, he is Puerto Rican. So he has two last names. Um, shout out to my wife. She's Puerto Rican. Um, we, we decided we call him JJ for short. And uh, we, <laughs> we were just blown away by him. He was absolutely perfect. Eventually, when we got him home, he was met by a very happy older brother. We got a picture. This is his brother, David, uh, and he was also met by a very happy little dog. That's our dog, Luna. Uh, but our whole family, we just agreed that JJ, he completes our family. But when JJ was around a month old, he, he just con kept spitting everything up. Every time my wife would try to nurse him, he just spit it all back up. Uh, so we were getting concerned. We didn't want him to get dehydrated or, or anything like that. So we just decided we, we weren't too worried. We didn't think there was something that wrong, but we thought, well, maybe take him to the emergency room. Just make sure everything's okay. Um, so my wife, she, she takes him to the hospital. This is 2021. So there was COVID protocols in place. So they, they would not allow other children like our son, David, to go back and things like that. So, and we didn't want to take him anyway. So I stayed home with David. My wife took JJ to the hospital. Um, eventually, my wife calls. And I'm, I'm expecting her to say, okay, we're on our way home. Everything's cool. This is what we're going to do, blah, 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 blah. But she tells me that they're going to put her and JJ in an ambulance and take them to the hospital in Madison. 
And she tells me that JJ is going to have to have surgery. And I stood there in my kitchen in shock. My, my one month old son, one month old is going to have to have surgery. I was terrified. I was trying to hold it all together, trying to be strong for my wife. But my wife, she has always been the strong one. She told me that she would keep me updated. And, and, and then we hung up the phone and I just stood in silence. Immediately, tears just began to streamed down my face. Immediately, I called my dad and told him everything that was going on. And immediately, my dad said, everything is going to be okay. I hung up the phone with him. I tried to occupy my hands with something to make me not think about the silence, to make me not think about everything that was going on. I start to do the dishes and I start to weep as I do the dishes, trying to cry as quietly as I can because my son David's in the other room. I have no idea how I'm going to tell David what's going on. Eventually, I realize I have to tell him. So I dry my hands. I try my face, call him into the kitchen, and I, I let him know everything that's happening. Um, I can see the tears start to just build up in his little eyes. So I held him as tight as I could, and I said, everything is going to be okay. But was it? I had no idea. My wife was at the hospital with our son, probably feeling the weight of her own silence. It was, she was all alone. And here I was in my own silence, trying to keep it all together to be strong for my son, David. Before uh, they left in the ambulance, uh, I, <laughs> I did my best to pack some clothes for her. Um, Again, they would not let us back into the emergency room. So we took the bag of clothes. We had no idea how long she would be there. We took it to the desk, left it there for her. And, and then David and I, we headed back home. Once we got home, he headed to the living room to watch some TV. I had to, headed to the bedroom. I shut the door. I fell to my knees and I began to just weep. I shoved my face into the sheets to, to try and hide my crying. I, I shoved my face and, and, and cried into the sheets right next to JJ's bassinet, hoping that David wouldn't hear me. I remember praying in that moment, God, please help my little boy. God, please help my little boy over and over and over. The silence, it was overwhelming. The waiting was frustrating. Now, I will admit I was filled with fear. I was afraid of facing life without that little boy that I had grown to love so much after just knowing him for a month. Don't be afraid. Just believe those words were probably still echoing and ringing in the ears of Jairus. As he walked to his home. Jairus, he had made the choice to continue to walk with Jesus. He had made the choice to continue to trust Jesus. So, they were, so there he was leading Jesus to his home. But I'm sure as they walked, Jairus, he was probably thinking about his wife in the darkness of their home, sitting next to the body of their lifeless little girl, stuck in the silence, wondering how she would ever recover from this loss. As the wife sits in the house, she is surrounded by people who are crying and wailing. And during that time in that culture, it was customary to hire professional mourners to add to the atmosphere of grief and pain. So since Jairus was an important person in the community, 
uh, there was a large amount of mar- mourners in his home. They weren't actually mourning though. They were just crying and wailing because it was their job. But can you imagine the mother of the little girl surrounded by these people, surrounded by the noise, but still stuck in the silence? Her silence being invaded by the loud wailing of superficial and phony mourning. She sits maybe holding her little girl's hand, tears formed by legitimate grief it streamed down her face. She sits and she prays for peace. She prays for comfort. And all of a sudden, in the midst of the sobbing and the wailing and the crying, in the midst of her moment of silence, there is a knock at the door. Boom, boom. The mother, she stands to her feet. She goes to the door and she opens the door and she is met with the face of Jesus. Here's what the Bible says. They came to the home of the synagogue leader. There Jesus saw a lot of confusion. People were crying and sobbing loudly. He he went inside. Then he said to them, why all this confusion and sobbing? The child is not dead. She is only sleeping. But they laughed at him. Do you notice how quickly the mourners, they, they shifted from crying and wailing to laughing at Jesus so easily. Jesus knew that they were being superficial, superficial, causing even more confusion. So he drives them out of the house, removing the senseless wailing, removing the confusion from the room. And in their silence, now back together, Jairus and his wife encounter the presence of Jesus. And you can imagine their eyes were just glued to Jesus, not really knowing what he was going to do. Jesus, you're too late. She's already dead. The time has passed. What what more can you do? It's over. It is done. Maybe even in that moment, uh, Jairus continues to hear the voice of Jesus in his head saying, don't be afraid. Just believe. Jesus walks over to where the little girl was laying. As he gently takes her hand into his, he steps into the moment. Jesus, he steps into the silence. Here's what the Bible says. And he went and where the child was, he took her by the hand. Then he said to her, Talita kum. This means little girl, I say to you, get up. The girl was 12 years old. Right away, she stood up and began to walk around. The mother and father were totally amazed at this. Jesus gave strict orders not to let anyone know what had happened. And then he told them, to give her something to eat. The silence, it was broken, broken by the power of God. Jesus speaks and he says, Talita kum, little girl, get up. He says it as if the dead girl is still alive. He says it with certainty. He says it with authority. The little girl, she was restored immediately. The little girl, she begins to walk around and Jesus directs them to give her something to eat, signifying that she was completely back to normal. The power of God, it does not simply nurse. The power of God does not simply nurture, but the power of God, it completely restores. It completely resurrects. Here, as the parents, they step out of the silence. And here we see that Jesus, he did not fail Jairus. He did not fail his wife. Just like Jesus did not fail the sick woman who had touched his cloak in the crowd. The work of Jesus, it is different, but it is the very same for among each individual. The work of Jesus, it breaks into our silence at different times in different ways. 
two different moments requiring the same faith, the same belief in Jesus. One just took a little bit longer to be carried out. But Jesus' timing, it was perfect and the result was still the same. The glory of God, it was shown. No matter what the situation is, no matter the length and the depth of the silence, the requirement, it is the same. Don't be afraid, just believe. My wife and JJ, eventually they made it to the hospital in Madison. Um, That was probably the longest ride of my wife's life. She stayed there with JJ while I stayed home with David. The, the doctors, they did tests on JJ and eventually they determined he did need surgery and they set a time for the next day on Sunday morning to give him surgery. Uh, I was looking for any way possible to escape. I was filling my hands with whatever I could to fill the silence, filling my hands with work around the house just trying to not think about the fear that I was being overwhelmed with, trying not to think about the the waiting. It it was a Saturday though, so I had church that night. Uh, I took David to my brother's house and and left him there. I came to church and I started to prepare everything for the service. I was still in children's ministry at that time, so I was getting everything ready for that. I remember our executive pastor was sitting out at the, the cafe I walked by and he asked how everything was going. Um, He didn't know what was happening, but I just unloaded. I told him everything that was going on and immediately he says, what are you doing here? I said, I don't don't know what else to do. What what can I do? David can't be there with us or... He he said, if you you have to go, just, just go. It'll all work out here. And so I kept thinking about that and I realized that David had a lot of people here that were gonna love him and support him. My wife is all alone at the hospital in her own silence. So that next morning on Sunday morning, I took David to my parents' house, left him there and I I drove to the hospital to be with my wife. Uh, By the time I got to the hospital, JJ was already in surgery. I got to the room and embraced my wife sat in silence with my wife, no longer seeking escape, instead seeking her embrace, instead seeking the embrace of Jesus. We sat together just waiting and waiting for news. I I remember continuing to pray, please God, help my little boy. Please God, help my little boy. I remember in that moment, we were watching some rerun of a sitcom or, or something. Um, I remember just praying to God and saying, if my little boy comes home to you today, God, if my little boy does not survive the surgery, I will still serve you. I will still trust you because I know that you are good and I know that you are faithful and I know that you are still working. Don't be afraid, just believe. And in that moment, Boom, boom. There's a knock on the door. My wife and I, we say yes. At the same time, we stand to our feet. The doctor comes in letting us know that the surgery was successful, that JJ, he's resting and he'll be brought to us shortly. And I just remember saying over and over, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here's a picture of him, JJ, right here. Those are his little bandages from when they had to like do incisions and go in and work. 
Uh, here's a picture of him today, almost two years old. <laughs> he is healthy. He is so full of life. He is so joyful. If you hang around after the service, you'll probably see him wandering around acting like he owns the place. But every single day, I see those scars on JJ's stomach. Every single day, I'm reminded of God's faithfulness and God's goodness. Every single day, I'm reminded not to live by fear, but to live by faith. Oh, I needed that applause so I could <laughs> wipe my eyes. That phrase, don't be afraid, that phrase is written in the Bible 365 times. 365, that's a verse for every day, reminding us not to be afraid, but just to believe. It's an everyday process, am I right? Especially during those difficult situations, we must never stop seeking him. We have to spend time every day being reminded about the truth of God's promise for our life. Even when situations hurt, even when situations seem impossible, his promises, they remain. Through God's promise, we realize that God, he will never fail us. He will never abandon us. He will never leave us, never. God's plan and God's timing, they go hand in hand. So even in the silence, we don't seek escape. Instead, we seek an embrace. We seek the embrace of Jesus as we wait. We reach for Jesus and we walk with him. Through the hardship, through the storm, we walk with Jesus. No matter how loud that silence feels, we walk with Jesus and he will give us clarity. No matter how long we have to wait, we walk with Jesus and he will give us comfort. No longer, no matter how impossible the situation seems, we walk with Jesus and he will give us confidence. No matter what, whatever situation it is, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We look to him and we walk with him. Here's what it says in the book of Hebrews. Let us keep looking to Jesus. Keep looking, keep looking, keep looking to Jesus. He is the one who started this journey of faith. And he is the one who completes the journey of faith. He paid no attention to the shame of the cross. He suffered there because of the joy he was looking forward to. Then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He made it through these attacks by sinners. So think about him. Then you won't get tired. Then you won't lose hope. Jesus, he is a clear reminder of God's faithfulness. A clear example of how he will never give up on us. And as we continue to look to Jesus, to fix our eyes on Jesus, and we continue to walk with him, we realize that Jesus, he endured suffering just like us. Jesus, he experienced a moment of silence of his own. Jesus, he took all of our pain, all of our shame, all of our sin. He bore it all on his shoulders and he was crucified on the cross. And as he took his last breath on the cross, there was a darkness, there was a silence that just swept across the land. His lifeless body, it was taken down from the cross and it was placed into a dark and silent tomb. Many believed as Jesus was placed in the grave, as that rock was rolled in front of the entrance, many believed it was over, it was done. But three days later, the power of God, it stepped into the silence 
of that tomb. Three days later, by the power of God, the silence of the grave, it was broken. Jesus Christ, he was raised from the dead. In glory, he had awoken proclaiming it was not over, nor was our God done. The darkness would no longer reign free, all because of God's one begotten son. Sin and death had been defeated. The silence, it would no longer last. For Jesus is our champion who broke the chains holding us to our past. With our freedom, Jesus gives us the gift of choice. Do we allow the silence to crush us or do we wait and listen for his voice? For Jesus, he is never too far off. If we truly seek his direction and his hand, it is reaching for ours as we yearn for resurrection. Our hands securely placed in his as he declares, you are but only sleeping. The silence, it will not last, so there is no need for weeping. And with the sound of his voice, the darkness, it shivers. Oh, the darkness, it shakes. And then all at once, the silence, it finally breaks. And our eyes are open wide. With our hand in his, we see what is true. Our God will never fail us. Even in the silence, he was working on something new. And he lifts us to our feet now helping and preparing us to receive with love in his eyes. Jesus, he whispers, don't be afraid. Just believe. Thank you, Jesus. Though the silence can feel overwhelming, we have to learn to embrace it. We have to wait. We wait on the Lord for he will not abandon us. He has shown us that we can trust him. That he is true to his word and his promises, though it may take time, he will show up in the silence. Though the outcome of what we're going through may not be what we hope for, the glory of God, it will be shown nonetheless. And we still have to trust him. So in the midst of the silence, we do not seek escape. Instead, we look to Jesus. We walk with him. We keep walking with him no matter what. We stop asking ourselves the question, now what about me? What about what I'm going through? And we start asking ourselves the most important question, is my hand in the hand of Jesus? And if it is not, we need to reach for Jesus. We look to Jesus, we think of him, so we will not grow tired. We think of him so we have peace and we have hope. 365 days a year, we do not fear. We just believe. And maybe you've come today feeling that overwhelming silence, feeling that waiting period whatever situation you're facing. And I know from experience, it, it is rough. Um, many of you know the, the things that my family is going through, um, the sickness that my mom faces with Alzheimer's. And I, I know without a doubt, I know without a doubt that my God could heal my mom if he wanted And that would make me feel so much more comfortable, right? But it is not about my comfort. It is about the glory of God. And I have no idea what glory waits beyond this suffering, what joy waits beyond this suffering. So I will not fear 
but I will believe in my Jesus. So if you've come today feeling that desperation, feeling that silence and you would like prayer, we would be down here to pray with you today. Or if you've come feeling having some other struggle you're facing or maybe you have a joy, there's something you want to share and praise God for, we will be down here. Or maybe you've come today and you've been feeling the stirring of the Holy Spirit calling you to be baptized, calling you to put your hand in the hand of Jesus, calling you to walk with Jesus in this life and then into eternity. And you would like to be baptized. The water is ready. We will baptize you today. So if you would like prayer or baptism, come down during this last song. But I'm about to preach a whole nother summer and I need to be done. Um, so let me, if you would stand with me now, I'll pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. You are so good, God. You are so faithful. We are so thankful for your presence in our lives, God. I'm so thankful that we can gather here today together, proclaiming the name of Jesus, proclaiming that you are in control, God. You are sovereign. Proclaiming that you will never leave us no matter what. I pray for those who have come today who feel like they are just stuck in the silence. They are stuck in the waiting. I pray that you would give them the perseverance that they need. You would give them the endurance that they need. You would give them the peace that they need so that they could continue to hold on to Jesus and continue to walk with him. I pray that as we leave this room, we will leave with clarity. We will leave with comfort. We will leave with confidence all that we receive from the cross because of Jesus. And again, we thank you for all that you do, God. And we pray that your glory would be shown. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and follow us on our social media platforms. That way you can stay up to date with what's happening here at Central. And as always, have a great week.